the After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Connects Education Academy. Our podcast is here to help teachers, leaders and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. Welcome back to After the Bell, brought to you by Connects Academy. We are committed to ensuring that schools and their staff are supported with as much training as possible to ensure children in your care are kept safe and are supported. Our guest today is Debbie Innes-Turnhill. Debbie has been a teacher for 30 years, a lecturer at Birmingham University and is an independent safeguarding consultant. Debbie is joining us today to discuss how schools can support children and young people who are gender questioning especially with the recent publication just before Christmas of the government's non-statutory guidance, Gender Questioning, which has caused quite a furore. It has. Well, it has. Hi, Debbie. Great to have you oh, here. How good to see to you. Where are you going to start with this then, Debbie? Uh, shall we start with the bit of the guidance that I actually agree with? That seems like a good place to start with. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So what the guidance is really clear about is that issues relating to gender questioning children are a safeguarding matter. And I think it's really important to remember when we consider what else is said in the guidance, what schools should, could and are doing. I think it's really important that children are put at the heart of this, isn't it, Debbie? I think that's what we're saying. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. I think there's a danger that with the political storm and the legal storm and everything that's been stirred up by the guidance all of that takes over and children and young people in the middle of all this who are facing very real challenges get lost having said that I do want to challenge everybody who is listening to look at what is being said about the transgender community Uh, in general and about gender questioning children in schools in particular and to think about the language that's being used really wonder in years to come if people won't you know look back on this current approach and the way we're in the way that we now look back on what was said about women in the past and what was said about black people in the past I mean we now know that women are not weak and only able to manage in the home We know that black people like me are not inferior and I think society will change in its acceptance of transgender individuals and guidance like this with what is quite incendiary language will be looked at with probably horror. I think it's a that's an incredibly valid point to consider actually Debbie and I think it's so worth thinking about isn't it we we don't want to be treating children and young people as outsiders and and looking at the guidance that tends towards that doesn't it it does and you know these young people are already struggling with their identity and then the dfe law, uh, lawyers in a, a an article on the bbc website after the guidance was produced said that this guidance is likely to put schools at high risk of being sued. Well, I'm hoping that the consultation will change the approach and the lack of support for schools who are actually on the front line managing the challenges that some 
and not a huge percentage, but some children are experiencing. Do you want to um, perhaps go in now to some more detail about the risk for the schools then and, and, and what's what the implications could be? Well, the challenges that the DFE lawyers are believed to be worried about are challenges around the Equality Act, the 2010 Equality Act, which school leaders and designated safeguarding leads will already be aware underpins keeping children safe in education. But having read the guidance and I have contributed to the consultation, I think the guidance contradicts not only the Equality Act, but other statutory guidance too, particularly the 1989 Children Act, uh, working together to safeguard children, the new one, and both the general and specific guidance on keeping children safe in education. That sounds as though it might put both children and school staff in a really difficult position, Debbie. I think so. Um, the 1989 Children Act has at its heart something called the paramountcy principle, which says that children's welfare should be the most important, the paramount consideration in everything that we do. So why do you think this guidance contradicts the paramountcy principle? Well, as far as I can tell, the new guidance insists that children, and for them that means anyone in school, um, and it cannot be referred to as trans transgender. They refer to that as a legal definition, um, and that can only be applied to the changing of one's gender at the age of 18. And if we leave aside the fact that schools will have pupils who have reached their 18th birthday, I know a number of young people, and I'm sure those listening will also know of young people, for whom tra being transgender is their identity and insisting they are not who they think they are is not putting their welfare first. So it's not adhering to that paramountcy principle. And even if we were to accept the legal argument that you can't be transgender until you're 18, the guidance also calls into question whether gender, gender identity is even a thing. That feels like it feels like we're going backwards there. Surely gender is one of our protected characteristics in the Equality Act, yes? Absolutely it is. And we all have gender identity. I do, you do, Georgie, and so does every child I've ever met. The government seems to think otherwise. And I think they are making unsubstantiated claims based on a really small body of evidence. In fact, they only quote one piece of evidence within the guidance. Um, that's not to say it's contentious and that it gets into whether our gender is determined by social or biological factors and how those might be two different things. It really sounds quite complicated, actually. It is. And if those listening want to find out more about that particular aspect, they can access the Connex webinar on this issue. And on that, I've um, linked to some of the academic literature that explores the complexities of this further. Yeah, we've got that coming up soon. So yeah, please, if people want to find out more, then um, pop on our website. So given these difficulties with the guidance, what else do schools need to know? Well, the guidance requires schools to tell parents um, if a child, and they say that they don't think primary school children should be questioning their gender at all, and that's another issue entirely. So they mean children between 11 and 17, 
they say if a child is questioning then parents have to be told unless there is clear evidence that that puts them at risk of harm and what do you think will happen if schools adopt this approach then well i really think that a good proportion of the children who this affects um, use school as their safe place to explore their feelings and if they are not able to do that with some um, assurance of their confidentiality and their safety i think that they might uh, look elsewhere and given the prevalence of advice online some of which is good but more of it is very worryingly harmful i think they'll turn to that or even worse they'll think something is wrong with them and then that's going to have a hugely detrimental effect on their mental health and and then we're in the stages where that actually puts children at even greater yeah. risk yeah yeah absolutely yeah it does it goes against what the vast majority of schools want to do which is supporting their pupils so they're happy, have good self-esteem, and then are able to reach their potential through both academic and other achievements. It seems as though the decisions about what to do are being made harder, not easier by this guidance. I really think it has made it much harder. It doesn't help schools develop that holistic strategy that looks from all perspectives. I was sort of hoping for a, you know, a roadmap that talks about what gender questioning children need in order to be able to flourish and thrive whilst uh, providing a sort of mechanism to provide practical support and emotional support to parents and staff members when children are questioning their gender. And um, I've got to be honest, Debbie, I think all the schools are probably waiting for this roadmap as well to give them Absolutely. some help and guidance. That would have been helpful. It would. Is, it, is this something you've thought about? I'm actually trying to work on a model of safeguarding and equality, diversity and inclusion. It includes gender as a part of it. And I'll share some of those ideas in the webinar. It is very complex and it's a moving field all the time. But I'm trying to work on something that might help schools. Yeah, it sounds like that that could be really, really helpful. So I look forward to seeing how that pans out. Is there anything else you want to highlight, do you think, about the Act? Yeah, I think, well, the Act then goes into quite a lot of detail about um, reminding schools of their obligations for provision of toilet facilities and changing facilities, as well as touching on the PE curriculum. But given that the guidance insists that no one in school is transgender, I don't think any of the guidance is particularly helpful for those schools that I know have worked really hard to support children and young people who are facing challenges in being accepted as who they are. And that's what this is about. It's, you know, for children and young people, all of them to be accepted for who they are. It all sounds really, really overcomplicated and also very, very difficult. Yeah, I, I think it is. But I think there's some real, real positives that schools can think about doing, not least of which is continuing to put the welfare of their pupils first. And if that means making a decision not to tell parents in the first instance, then as long as that is really clearly um, recorded, I think that's a really good place to start. But also make sure that those pupils are supported and that school is a safe place to learn who they are and how they're going to get on in life. 
Thank you so much, Debbie. I think it, it's it's another watch this space. Obviously, do you want to comment around the difference between the fact that the um, it is currently non-statutory guidance, so schools don't have to do this at the moment, am yeah, I correct? That's absolutely, absolutely right. It is non-statutory guidance. And as I said, the DfE lawyers themselves have said that schools may well be... Um, be putting themselves in a difficult situation if they do follow it so I think you know continue to do the really good work that you are doing schools I think come to our webinar and find out a bit more and if you're really concerned then seek legal advice before you do anything so that you've made sure that you and the children and the parents that you are supporting are safe. Wonderful Debbie thank you for a very concise and clear discussion around the, uh, the gender questioning um, statutory non-statutory guidance that was published just before just to get my head right uh, just be before Christmas and of course yeah. schools can access the webinar about this and find out more not only about the guidance and the issues of gender but also practical solutions and approaches that might support both the child and the school so looking forward to that Debbie thank you Is that things that have worked for other schools Wonderful. It'll be good to hear those strategies. So I appreciate your time there. Thank you so much, Debbie, for your time today. I think it will be interesting to watch when we look at the statutory guidance when it's finally published. Mm. Connects Academy are very proud also to be an approved provider of the senior mental health lead training. And that links through to an area that we touched on today around um, mental health and particularly with young children. You can find out more by visiting connects-academy.com or you can visit to look at our courses. We've got lots of free podcasts, including others that Debbie's covered for us previously. And you can pick up our After the Bell podcasts and they are released on a weekly basis and provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational. I hope that you can then access these on your daily commute, on your treadmill or as your focus for the day. Thank you so much for listening to After the Bell. Thank you.